Hi, welcome back to Success Hangout with Sean David Onomusi. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And also thank you for those who reached out to me via WhatsApp, um, via social media, just sharing the experience with previous episodes. I'm really, really thankful and I appreciate the time that you take out uh, to listen and also to feedback. Now, if you've not done any feedback, that means it's time for you to do a feedback. So I want you to go find me on social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Just find me out there. Reach out to me. I want to hear from you. Um, It's always great to hear from you. Okay, so reach out to me. Now, today I've got a guest here. Um, For those who have been listening to the podcast, um, as I said, when I started the beginning of this year, my desire was to bring some of the healthy conversations that I have with my friends, my colleagues, my mentors, mentees, people that I look up to in some shape or form for what they're doing in life. And with Success Hangouts, I always say this, success is more about fulfillment and is less about achievement. However, I like to bring on the show certain people who have done fantastically well and today i've got one person there i met this gentleman a few years ago and today we're sitting in the campus of stanford university in california and we're having this conversation so i'm really happy to have my friend saheed adekboju so saheed thank you so much for joining me on today's uh, podcast Thank you very much for having me. Thank you, thank you. So, um, I didn't say who Saeed was initially, but I met him a few years ago. And one of the things that really stood out for me, um, listening to him and even just knowing him, was his desire to build something tangible, something credible. And at the time, um, he was dubbed as the first African to build a computer or something like that. Something, uh, an iPad, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I think the story was, it was the Nigerian Apple. You know, it was the African um, iPad portable device maestro and genius. And when I I saw that, that made, attracted me to him, but even much more what it was his humility and his is is demeanor generally so i don't want to big you up too much Zahid. I, I want you to do your introduction first of all so introduce yourself well my name is uh Sahid Adepoju. uh i currently am based out in california i work for intel as a software engineer um prior to coming to california i had two companies that i started up in nigeria uh, the first one was a tablet company that built um, an Android-based tablet computer to provide an alternative to the iPad. That was how it was marketed. Uh, And successfully, the second company was uh, piggybacking on the success of the first company. Uh, But the idea for the second company was to build um, a um, service-oriented company that would allow people to buy uh, the, the, the the tablet computer. The tablet computer was called the Inye, um, and um, the aim of the whole company was to provide a platform for other people to run their own applications on. Um, that's pretty much uh, a quick summary of mm. myself. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for that. Inye. What was the story behind the name at that time when you started off? So um, there were two of us. It was myself and my co-founder, Anibay. Um, 
we wanted a local name that highlighted that first it was local and secondly it had a had a local origin um, so we chose the name Inye which meant one in um, a local dialect in Nigeria um, and that was how the name uh, came to be it was short it was it was easily pronounceable uh, and that was how the name came about giving it a, a local brand uh, and a local origin okay okay and i know when i met you at the time we met in nigeria so um at the time i had moved out to nigeria from the uk and i started off a franchise for tm lewing uh, a shirt maker in in the uk and i opened up their first franchise in abuja at the time and we just met um and there was a huge flock of nigerians yes. um who were just moving back at the time passionate about nigeria there was a whole lot of drive to sort of uh, see the opportunities in Nigeria. However, most of it was also triggered by the economic crisis of the West. Yes. That's why most of us moved back at the time. So um, not until a few years later did we start seeing some level of true uh, Nigeria passion-driven tech space and entrepreneurial space yes. like we do today. Yes. Um, so you were ahead of the curve. In, in is where I'm going. Yeah. What made you and your partner at the time start off? So one of the first things that we uh, noticed was uh, the the computing was becoming much more personal, and you had a lot of people wanted um, uh, a consumption device that allowed them to surf the internet mm -hmm. uh, wherever they were. However, one of the things we also noticed was the mobile phone explosion in mm. Nigeria. And you had a lot of people that had mobile access to the internet. Mm -hmm. And they, they were clamoring for something very similar to the, to the, to the iPad back then, okay. but at a, different, at a different price point. Okay. So that really kind of got us into thinking more to figure out how exactly do companies like Apple and the rest... Mm -hmm you know, work with, you know, ODMs, original uh, design manufacturers mm -hmm. and original equipment manufacturers. Mm -hmm. Now we finally cracked that equation and we found some suppliers back in, in Asia mm -hmm. that allowed us to um, send them our schematics for what we wanted to build. Okay. And they were able to do that. And that was the, that was the reason. So two things, the explosion of mobile uh, phones in Nigeria mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, that gave access to the internet mm -hmm. and the um, clamor for computing devices that you could consume data on audio video and different things on okay okay so what, what was um, at the time when you went to these supplies with you know the skimmers uh, schematics and you wanted you know them to build a model uh, initially yes. um, I assume that it was pretty tough doing that in Nigeria at the time because um, I can't compare we're sitting in Stanford at the moment if it was if you're a Stanford graduate or uh, you know a student it's much easier because the environment makes it possible you right. know in that sense right. you can always tap into an alumni network and get information yes. as easily as possible you can do a whole lot you yes. know because you have an enabling environment compared to Nigeria yes. you know so how are you able to still deliver a model product at the time in such a tough environment 
So um, it was all a combination of risks. So I found um, a supplier, an OEM, and what I essentially did was, hey, I want a sample device of what you guys have. Mm -hmm. And you know, when they gave me the price point, the natural thing you would expect is send me the device and I will send you some money. Mm -hmm. But in this case, what I did, what I then did was very simple. Mm -hmm. I offered to you know wire them all the money plus mm -hmm. shipment, mm -hmm. and I paid that using wire transfers to the bank, so there were okay. no. Uh, credit card payments it was actual physical cash that was mm -hmm. wired to a bank in China oh, wow. and I was willing to part with that money mm -hmm. if it didn't work out so it mm -hmm. was a large risk and on the part of the company back in Asia they were also very um, happy to to give me the device mm -hmm. after they had received full payment okay. uh, to be to be I probably never said this to anyone but the company themselves were a startup in Asia okay and they were also looking for new clients so okay the, the trust immediately was set the moment okay. I sent them okay um, some money okay okay so you as a startup went to a startup um, in Asia um, to deliver your first model basically yes okay okay so now you've started a business yes tell us your experience doing business in Nigeria because what we're going to talk about and I should have said this earlier on we really wanted to look at leveraging some of the best minds in Nigerian minds in the diaspora and even African minds in the diaspora uh, for Africa how can we leverage these minds because we go to these universities uh, as we mentioned Harvard and 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 Howard and all these big big universities that are doing uh, that are well-known credible ivy league schools right. and we meet these nigerians on a regular basis some of the smartest people that i come across uh, uh, are nigerians and i'm not saying this as a nigerian you know this is something that i've been told by my you know caucasian friends yes. they're always there's a there are a lot of us bright nigerians how do we leverage, you know, these brightness for the development of Africa and Nigeria? That's where we're going. Um, but let's take a step back and talk about you started a business at this point. Nigeria environment is not as enabling as you'll find in the US or the UK or any developed economy. How was business in your first year? So um, this started out simply like an experiment. Let's see what's going to happen. Um, the, the intention wasn't to become a full-blown company. Okay. The intention was to see, let's see how far this goes. Okay. But over time, what we realized was there were lots of interest because a lot of people wanted these devices. A okay. lot of people wanted to consume data okay. that you know, they had access to now. Mm -hmm. uh, but what, what, what then happened was we realized first, initially, because mm -hmm. it's an electronic device, you needed mm -hmm. a brand presence. Okay. And you were going up against uh, Apple. Yeah. So th th that was another point I was going to raise. How were you able to stand against such a strong brand in, in when you started off as a business? So the first thing we did was not to pit our game ourselves against Apple, okay. rather than to say that we're a competition. We called ourselves an alternative. Okay. So we were very careful in semantics. Okay. Even though technically we were competitions, mm -hmm. we couldn't say we were competition. We were rather alternatives. Okay. So the question would be alternatives to what? In what way? First of all was pricing. Mm -hmm. um, second of all was the issue of um, the operating system. It was something that was open source. 
Android at this point, um, as an operating system, had just picked up from Google. Okay. So we saw that it was we could ride the wave of Google as a company and say, hey, this operating system is new, it's growing, mm -hmm. it's open source, mm -hmm. and we are we are able to provide these devices to organizations that need to build applications, okay. to consumers that need to watch videos. Okay. So that was the aim. The aim was to say, hey, I know you know this device is out there, the iPad, but mm -hmm. you have this that does all of this, and it's localized because most of the contents you couldn't get mm -hmm. unless you bought the device. So the devices came with some preloaded content? So the devices came with some, it, it came with a very popular music video at that time, okay. MAGA No Need Pay. Okay. It was a way of trying to, to get more people to realize that you do not need to do um, fraudulent things to make money. Okay. Um, and then we had local content partners. So we had people that wanted, that we pre-installed some games. Okay. We pre-installed some books. Okay. Uh, and we were trying to build our. We were trying to raise up ourselves as a platform that local developers could, you know, pick it back on. Okay. And then we okay. could use that to get people to. So say, hey, you know what? I, you know, I want to buy this device because mm -hmm. this local content is on there. Okay. And you don't get what the iPad. Okay, fantastic. So that was a, a successful business um, uh, when you started off. So tell us about some of your challenges. And um, I, I let me preempt that question by saying. I'm very conscious that we know all the challenges with Nigeria, especially as Nigerians. And sometimes when we sit down, we might end up talking about the challenges more than the opportunities. Right. Um, but I also think that it's important to not leave out the challenges because there are quite a lot of people that might be listening that are desiring to go and do business in Nigeria. Right. Um, they're looking to start up a new business or they've, they've had their hands burnt in the past and now they're looking, you know what, I have a bit more more um, uh, positive energy about myself at this point in my life. I want to go back into business and I want to go back to Nigeria and start something. So I feel like for those people, we also have to talk about those challenges. So tell me about, about two to three challenges. I know you had more, but it, yeah. it tell, me, tell me two to three challenges. What were your top challenges as a new business in Africa? So one of the first challenges you would face is if you haven't got it, is funding. Okay. If you if you haven't got funding, one of the one of the things you would quickly realize that you need money to keep the whole operation running. So one of the first things I did was I ran a very tight ship. So there were no offices, there were no staff, uh, and most of all the marketing and sales was done by myself okay. um, via. Um, uh, so you went with a very lean a team. A very lean team, yes. Okay, okay. To try and to try and ensure that you don't employ people that you can't pay. Okay. That's the first thing. Um, secondly, was to the second thing that you most people would face immediately is government policies. Okay. So, because you have uh, different party systems in Nigeria and different mm. fractions in Nigeria what would typically happen is you might be in one, one government where the mm -hmm. policy favors you mm -hmm. and in the next government the, the policy goes out the window true true so you did you have one of those experiences yourself then um, so so for myself i i don't think i had um direct um i didn't get a direct um effect mm -hmm. of policy change okay what i did get was uh, a change in um 
in, in ministers. So okay. you might have the, the same uh, government in place, but... Okay. You know, so cabinet ministers. Cabinet ministers. Okay. So you have... Because the other person brings in their own, uh, their own ideas mm-hmm. and their own... So you would face that challenge of, oh, this person was replaced. Okay. Um, and then you would have to you know, change policies. Mm. Um, and then um, sometimes um, also you would face a lot of um, a, a tribal back and forth. So, okay. uh, so two things that you would face locally would be uh, age. Okay. And you would also face where exactly you're from in the country now this okay this that's two, interesting this two have nothing to do with competence it has everything to do with alliance okay so it's more in what a, sense so uh, an example i can give would be uh, one of the when i when i give a presentation once to mm-hmm. the minister then Omobola johnson uh one of the essays walked up to me um the the, comp- the tablets were going for about two hundred dollars then it was about forty five thousand naira I think, mm-hmm. and um, the only thing he said to me was the only people that can afford your tablets are ladies that slip around. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, random, random out of the blues, um, Yoruba man that felt a young man shouldn't need too much money to do this kind of thing, okay. and the only people that can afford this are X and Y. That okay. was a shock. Okay. So you know because so, so he was. Pivoting, saying that you were young in yeah, that sense, insinuating that, sense. that you were young, so you don't need the money, so therefore the, money. the business wasn't it wasn't it wasn't worth doing. In it the wasn't first worth place. Doing You should go get a your, job. And your market, no, not necessarily get a job. Okay. It says essentially the people, your market, the, the people you're targeting mm. are rich people, and I, I don't know why he used the phrase. So I sense some level of cynicism came yes. out from him. Yes. Okay. It did. Okay. Um, okay. And I don't understand why. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, so you, you, there's that. Uh, okay. Another example would be uh, when I had to go with the minister to to Dubai to do mm-hmm. a presentation, mm-hmm. and uh, they don't they don't pay you money for your flights. You know, you 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 get all the money together, you fly with them, you're done with everything. Okay. And because they're done, they go okay, goodbye. You know. Okay. All right. So let's take a step back because yeah. you're touching on something very powerful here, and I yeah. think it's very very important. Because when we're talking about development of Africa and we're talking about um, development of Nigeria generally, yeah. it's these, the level of development that we need, yeah. right, is beyond just the implementation of one idea. Yes. You know, so it's beyond just, oh, I'm a startup and I've got the best idea that is going to change Africa. Yes. We are talking about the importance of the environment as mm-hmm. well, because as we all know, being an entrepreneur is not always glamorous. Nope. Is, um, you don't always get the opportunity to stand up there and give these keynote speeches and talk about all your figures and how great you did. Yes. It's hard grind. Yes. And during that grind, you need an enabler environment yes. you need as much support as possible both from the government yes. and the private sector yes. right so you need that enabling environment that makes it possible for you because yes. if I digress a little bit and we look at some of the big organization of the big companies in Nigeria now so if you if you say our sort of you know big organizations our big companies mm-hmm. a lot of them are run or were started by people who are now in their 60s, 70s. Yes. Very, very few are started or owned by young 
Nigerians, yes. right? So you, I, I'm guessing that's where you were going with the age in that sense, yes. where it was, it was almost like the minister was looking down on you and saying, "This small boy." Let me put it, it that way. It was more. <laughs> it, it was more of the the, the special, uh, the essay. The, okay. The, okay. The assistant. So the, the mm. minister had the mini- All the ministers and all the palm sex had mm. great things to say. Yeah. He just felt, you know, this is this is a way of trying to uh, size me up. And, mm. and would you, you would you think that that was um, his almost like what we call in the UK fob off? You know, almost like fobbing you off. Yes. More like there's nothing here. To mm. say. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I guess. Let me let me put that in context. If you're listening and you're tr- thinking of starting a business, number one, you have to be very, very careful, right, of those people who will promise you the world. <laughs> and there are quite a lot of them. And they might be special advisors, like in your case. Yeah. Um, but they promise you the, wor- the world when you have that initial conversation. Um, but when it's time for delivering, they're not they're, there. They're okay. always going to look to fob you off, oh, yeah. isn't that? Exactly. Yeah. And you'll probably be on a Dubai trip paying your paying your own bills, and then you can't. <laughs> okay, you know, okay. And then you lose money. Now, if if that was an enabling environment, right? You were a star kid at the time. You were building something that was going to put Nigeria on the map. You were building something that was going to potentially stand toe to toe with an uh, with a, you know a, a US alternative, an Apple, yes. right? A, a a giant company like that. I would imagine, right? that you'll be supported you'll be pushed and you know everybody will want to see your success yeah. it, it wouldn't that have been the case that's the, that's what you would expect but mm. that wasn't the case it mm. was um it was entirely different mm. it, uh, it turned out that um uh there are so many factors that you had to deal with mm. so so many so many so many things that you would I mean, so many factors you have to factor in. So, you know, you know the, the basic amenities are not there. So you have to provide, you have to think about providing that first mm. before trying to run a business. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so, so many things. Oh, wow. So um, that would have been very, very challenging, no doubt. And I know that we, I don't know if you want to say this here, <laughs> you know, but um, what's your state of mind with Nigeria then? You know, after you've had your hands burnt, because I'm presuming you had your hands burnt, some of these challenges po- probably put you off. And you're doing very well for yourself right now. Uh, I mean, you're at a global, global uh, corporation, uh, Intel, in a very, very, uh, you know, uh, prominent position if i if i must say you know as a software engineer um and you're doing your phd as well yes, correct yes uh, so you you you've you've left the shores you've decided to move out you know and you're here now um was what's your current state of mind with are you looking to go back after this uh, are you still praying for nigeria to 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 have that environment so, so that so, you desire so, so right now my 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 mindset is if i'm gonna do business again mm-hmm. it would be to try out ideas that work here okay okay here, here being the u.s because of the enabling environment okay okay uh, for nigeria and for anyone that's listening i wants to do a business in nigeria you have to pick your fight Okay. You, you can't. You can't. Uh, there's some tech ideas that probably wouldn't make it out in Nigeria. Not because it can't, but because the environment will 
suffocate mm. the, the, okay. the whole strategy. Okay. Uh, so, so category businesses like education is still a very good place. Uh, Nigerians like getting educated, so mm. anything that revolves around education mm. is a huge, you know, it's going to be a good way to okay. know, get into the system. Um, food and hospitality, um, people eat every mm -hmm. single time. Um, any innovation around any of these things. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a crude business for food or, okay. or education. And the lastly, the last one that works are financial services. So okay. this, this three, if I'm going to ever have to go back and run a business uh, within the Nigerian space and whatever works right now mm. would be either within education, finance or, or, or hospitality. Any, okay. Anything outside of this three, if it's high tech like flying cars, it's never going to work in Nigeria mm. because the environment isn't there. So it, it's best to pit your ideas for areas where, number one, the environment doesn't need you to get a government policy in place okay um, education once you have your license from the university commission or you know that you want to run a school mm -hmm. or build stuff they'll give it to you it's that's it that's all you need okay secondly for fintech once you can build applications um, if it's within the betting industry or whatever mm -hmm. once you have a license you're good you know okay. the, the policies don't change that rapidly mm. you know and if it's um, if it's hospitality, same thing. Once you once you're able to connect yourself to the hospitality management, if it's to build, um, if it's to build a hotel or mm -hmm. get a restaurant going, yeah. once you have a location in place, mm -hmm. and once people know you that you provide good services, mm -hmm. either food or drinks, you're fine. No, no one's gonna come hassle you and say, okay. shut down the business because the policies change. It doesn't because Nigerians have to eat. Mm -hmm. Nigerians have to spend money, mm -hmm. and Nigerians love to get educated. Okay, yeah. okay. So that's that's very powerful. Um, the financial services, I think, recently Nigeria um, got recognised as one of um, the uh, fastest growing economies for fintech. Uh, yes. in Africa yes. uh, currently so I, I, I definitely see your point on that and um, I'm conscious of time it's already uh, 20 plus minutes and we've not even touched on you know you know the part that I wanted to talk about um, but it's been great hearing about your story and I guess let's lead it you know gently into what I wanted us to just briefly talk about which is how do we then leverage minds like yourself you know we we hear a lot about brain drain and a lot of people are leaving the shores of Nigeria um, in their numbers to go to Canada to go anywhere apart from Nigeria because of this enabling environment right. and I'm I'm not just talking about you know poverty this is uh, our conversation has nothing to do with poverty elevation yep. at the moment okay what we're basically talking about is entrepreneurship in Africa and the enabling environment that makes it happen simple as right. right and we've established that it can be tough doing business out in Nigeria the enabling environment is not out there and that's one of the reasons why you've left yes. and decided to come here that has a bit of a better enabling environment right, right. but we cannot forget the fact that Nigeria still needs us you know, this is right. assuming, this is assumption that Nigeria needs us in the first place. So let's say Nigeria needs us. How can we leverage some of the best minds 
collectively as a force. I'm not talking about individual successes because we have people like Ngozi Okonjo-Iweala, we have Soludo. These guys were all fantastic people doing exceptionally well, right? In the West, they got positions as ministers of cabinets. They went out there. Um, they couldn't perform as much, you know, and the virtue, you know, the, the debate is still out there whether they've done well or they've not. But predominantly, the scorecard says that they, they could have done much more, right? And it's all again going back to this environment. So the assumption the second assumption here is that we must go as a force mm -hmm. to make it happen so how do we do that in your so, own view so to be fair and to be honest <laughs> i don't know mm. so because to 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 do a collective thing to to change the perception of um, nigeria it, it takes so many people have different experiences that, you know, people that have left have different experiences. To, to combine that would be one of the ways you could probably do that is to have a diaspora fund for something. Okay. Um, and, I like the sound of that. Uh, but the diaspora fund, uh, I mean, just thinking about that right now, would, would it be to try and build infrastructure that the government is supposed to be doing? Uh, who would manage the... The, the infrastructure fund uh, who will manage the diaspora fund that, that's one way that's one collective way you could pull together funds uh, to to try and change uh, things on the ground I know company I know individuals here that have pulled their funds together to try and you know invest and in, 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 in startups in Nigeria that's one way so okay. most of those funds could be used to jumpstart businesses. Okay, um, that's a good and idea. And I jumpstart mm -hmm. businesses in these areas. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the high tech and everything, the, the, the enabling environment isn't yet mature to allow uh, for experiments to be carried out. I mean, we're the, 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 here at Stanford. Mm -hmm. And you, everyone, there's so many startups we'd never hear of. I'm mm. sure if you go into a coffee shop down the road, they probably have the next unicorn working you know? mm. but you know there are so many people here willing to throw money at just ideas mm. uh, so but that's because the environment is here uh, so I, I think at the at the basic level getting a fund together that then decides to build um, different facets that may be broken down I don't know try and get the the primary schools and secondary schools back in shape the government ones mm. uh, but again, what that means is that you're going against the government of the day because yeah. you're going to go, well, what does the government do? Mm. Um, so, I mean, those, that's one way okay. Uh, okay. because the funds are available. Yeah. Uh, and that's the only way I can think about yeah. it right now. I like the sound of that. And it's, it's similar to what, you know, my foundation is doing something, which is around impact investments. Um, right. But where I can also see your suggestion coming in with a diaspora fund is um, we it could be a public fund right yeah. which is a fund where Nigerians in the diaspora can all contribute towards it but we have to have a good yeah. uh, policing and policying yeah. of the money <laughs> otherwise yeah. that money is gonna you know it's going to be someone's uh, on someone's private jet somewhere yeah. presumably okay so but that's a really good idea. I think um, if you were, as an individual, um, going to do something right now, 
a radical idea. We, we're sitting in the campus where radical ideas started off from. Okay. Yeah. Um, just down the road is Facebook headquarters. So we've got a lot of radical innovations that have changed the world based on where we're sitting. You give me a radical idea that you think could really push and jumpstart Nigeria to where it ought to be and where it deserves to be. A radical idea? A radical idea. Just give me one from the top of your head. Let's imagine there was, an, uh, there was a way to... Uh, bypass the non-enabling environment um, for this radical idea of yours and this radical idea of yours is is going to go a long way to making that dent and a difference so that startups like yourself and new businesses like yourself can survive in Nigeria and do even much better <laughs> there's only one radical idea I don't what's know it, have a it? government of the people by the people of all the people <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's as radical as it can get. I, I don't think there's any, there, there's no, there's no much idea. There's, there's no other idea that beats that because mm. that can then birth other things. Mm. If you, if you truly, if you, if you can have that, then you know. I mean, that's what we have here in Stanford. You have, we have students all over studying for exams, mm. doing the next best thing they want to do. Uh, because the environment is there, because the government is of the people, by the people, and for the people. Mm. At least that's what it is right yeah. now. So um, that that that's the only thing that I see would be the most radical change in Nigeria, where mm. people come out and say, you know what, this is the candidate we want. You know, there are no votes being bought. There mm. are no intimidation of people people are voting their conscience people yeah. are voting for candidates that want to do things mm -hmm. for both the country and mm -hmm. for the future of the country and mm -hmm. that that i think is the greatest radical idea that i can think about right now yeah because any other idea would still need an enabling environment mm. i hear you i hear you on that okay so let's put it this way if you're listening and you're nigerian or you have nigerian friends Perhaps where you can come in is start to preach the importance of a government by the people, for the people, by the people, regardless of the benefits that you get from the current government or potential future government. Now, if you're Nigerian, you understand exactly what I just said. <laughs> Basically, put yourself aside for a second. Think about the bigger picture because every single person that you meet will tell you what's wrong with Nigeria, but a lot of people would not admit that they're benefiting from what is wrong with Nigeria. So I guess what we can say, you know, is as a Nigerian, start with that. Be, be very, very conscious because I hear the saying now that, you know what, I can give you all the radical ideas. So I can tell you how we can start to use renewable energy and we can talk about, you know, fossil fuel and the need for us to get rid of it. We can talk about, electric you know, flying cars, cars flying electric cars. cars, all those really great ideas um, that make sense in our conversations here in the West. But in Nigeria, there's no en enabling environment. So really the radical idea is starting with the basics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, okay. I like that. Well, I've got enough of your time, Said. Um, I know it's just one of those moments that 
Um, we could go on much longer and we can talk in detail, but thank you so much for your time. Um, lastly, what's the next thing for you? What's, what are you working on at the moment? I know we mentioned you work with Intel, uh, with, uh, with, with Intel and you're also doing a PhD. What's, your, what's that next thing for you? What's, what's getting you out of bed each day? Well, what gets me out of bed each day is trying to complete the PhD. <laughs> I can't see beyond that right now. Okay. Uh, any any dreams of a startup or a business yeah. idea is in the back burner. Yeah. Until I get through all my classes and get everything she's done. So wow. That's another. What thing. made you do PhD? I mean, you 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 got a job. You could you could just get a job somewhere. Why why uh, PhD? Uh, here in the West and currently here in Silicon Valley, without a PhD, if you wanted to do a business, no one would fund you without a PhD. Mm. That's one. Number two, it's a retirement plan. Most of the co most of the startup founders that it is here currently in the U.S. Mm -hmm. are all adjunct professors at Stanford or MIT or UC Santa Cruz or UC Berkeley. They have a second job. So mm. this is a way of saying, you know what, I want to. So be they have a side hustle. They had it. <laughs> Everyone has a side hustle. And, and teaching, teaching in a top school mm -hmm. as a side hustle is the best kind of hustle you can have. Okay, okay. So it's a retirement plan. I like the sound of that. Well, Saeed, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it, and I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you very much for having me. Fantastic. Any last word for any Nigerian listening? Have fun and. Um, don't burn yourself out. Okay. Well, Said almost got his hands burnt in Nigeria, if not. Um, and his advice to you will be, don't burn yourself out. If you're just starting off as a business, don't burn yourself out. If you've been in business for a long time, don't burn yourself out. If you're not even doing business at all and you're just sitting at home uh, and doing whatever, Netflix and chilling, don't burn yourself out. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. As I always love to end each episode, I like to say, be inspired, live inspired, and stay inspired. Till next time, we'll speak soon.